0: This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Rev. J. Stewart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. And through our dialogue together on this platform, we aim to draw relevancy from the biblical text while bringing clarity to our own religious experience. Now, I'm inviting you to come on in as a guest and share your thoughts on, on this topic, which is... Entering a New Year, a Spiritual Approach. My topic today is Entering a New Year, a Spiritual Approach. So, there is a wonderful story in the Bible that is found in the book 2 Chronicles. And 2 Chronicles is a historical book. <clears throat> In this story, King Solomon builds a temple, he prays and dedicates this temple, and in his prayer he asks God for some very specific things regarding the well-being of the people of God and their relationship with God. In response to this prayer, God appears to Solomon at night with a response. Yes, he heard Solomon's prayer, and part of God's response to this prayer was a very well-known scripture today that is often recited and quoted. The scripture comes from 2 Chronicles 7.14, and it reads like this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways that I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land so once again today's topic is entering a new year a spiritual approach what stands out to me is that first of all God hears our prayers God is transcendent we know that who cannot be contained uh, in the or constrained by the universe he is above the heavens and above the earth transcendent but he is also imminent close and he's always desired to dwell amongst us and now even within us in in the Garden of Eden in the story of the Garden of Eden uh, with Adam and Eve, he walked talked and talked with and provided for Adam and Eve and then in the desert along the people's journey through the desert, he instructed that a tabernacle be built so that he would dwell amongst the people. That's as they were traveling. And then Solomon builds a temple and the presence of God would be once again amongst his people in a more permanent um, building, as they say. So the, the scripture says, and now we have the privilege of God living within us. So the scripture again said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So in line with this topic today, entering a new year, a spiritual approach, I'd like to draw from this text guidance for us today as we enter into this new year. I don't know about you, but I'm leaving some things behind 2022 that I don't want to carry into 23. Mhm. The the text started out with if my people who are called by my name. If implies that there is a choice, a choice that can be made. And that in choice, that choice involves either embracing Or rejecting the guidance, the prescription that God is about to to give. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. So first of all, he invites us to function from a posture of humility. And I believe this is good for us today. He invites us to function from a posture of humility. So the first bit of guidance was simply to humble themselves. But what is humility and what does it mean to be humble? Well, if you have some thoughts on this passage or or these words, come on in. But humility is knowing who God is as best as we can. Humility is knowing who you are in relation to God. Humility is our acceptance of our identity before God. Finite and imperfect. Weak, sinful, yet we are still loved with our imperfections and all. So we believe that God created us. He made us. And he watches over us and provides for us. And therefore we we accept our dependence on God's love for our very sustaining sustaining us in our very existence. But humility goes beyond our own individual well-being and posture. Paul teaches this. He says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. That can be a challenge to us to count others more significant than yourselves, and that points back to the words of Jesus that said, "Love your neighbor." You know, love God and love your neighbor. So as we refuse to be preoccupied with ourselves and our own importance, and we seek to love and serve others it will reorient us from self-centeredness to an other-centeredness, to serving and caring for others, just as Jesus did for us. So then, as we look beyond our own salvation experience, our own salvific experience, and our needs are being met, we can serve God. By and through serving others, by serving the the marginalized people in the communities in which we live. We can look beyond ourselves as we begin to share the gifts that God has given us with friends, family, neighbors, and people we encounter along our life journey. And I've got news for you. Um, sometimes we need to go to those people in order to experience that encounter, in order to be able to share with them all that God has given us. Now, the opposite of humility can certainly be considered as pride. Someone wrote, "Pride is your greatest enemy." And humility is your greatest friend. If pride is an exalted sense of who we are in relation to God and others, humility is having a realistic sense of who we are before God and others. Now we must not think, in simple terms, we must not think too highly of ourselves. But I've got news for you, we should not think too lowly of ourselves either. Rather, we must be honest and realistic about who and what we are. So again, humility is knowing, trying to understand who God is and who we are to God. Who is God to me and who am I to God? There's another side of humility that's challenging. Is there a difference between humility and a poor self-image? I would say that we are not to refer to ourselves or think of humility as being operating from a posture that allows people to trample on our well-being. I don't think so. We're not to confuse humility with the with the constant harsh criticism ourselves that just leaves us in despair. We can't call ourselves, if God has this love for us, why would we hate ourselves? We, might, we, we need to accept the fact that we have frailties. We can look at the imperfections, we can look at our imperfections and hate ourselves, or we can look at our imperfections, the frailty of our human condition, as welcoming spaces for the grace of God to enter and bring healing into our complex lives. So God calls us first in this scriptural passage. He says, humble yourselves and pray. This is good, a good approach to, to bringing in the new year. To, post, to function from a posture of humility. Um, thinking of others. Living our lives not only for ourselves but for others. And then pray. So, what is prayer? Well, prayer is being engaged in dialogue with God. Yes, it is talking to God. But it's also hearing from God. So it's more than the childlike recitations that we've learned as children. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. It's more than that. I think we teach that to children to get them in the habit of talking to God and learning that God actually hears them. But then there's the other side of hearing from God. Yes, we we come into the presence of God, we tell him what we want, we tell him how we feel, but there's also the idea of hearing from God. And our humility helps that. Prayer is possible in many different forms. It's a two-way conversation. I'll give you an example. You can pray with Scripture, allowing God to speak to you, for instance, as you select a portion of Scripture and repeatedly read this Scripture out loud to yourself. And each time you read it, take note of what stands out to you and read it again out loud. When we read silently, We have a tendency to speed-read. And we don't even give God a chance to speak to us. So read it repeatedly over and over. And eat out loud to yourself. And every time you read it, take note of what jumps out to you you, and what happens inside of you. And I believe that God speaks to you in this way. So, so far, we've talked about humility. Humility functioning, approaching this new year from a posture of humility. We talked about praying in this new year. And, you know, often we avoid prayer because, you know, I talk about hearing from God. And maybe we don't always want to hear from God. Maybe God comes to us in a way that's unexpected, that's maybe not pleasant. And you say, well, why would that be? Why would this loving God come to you in a way that's not pleasant? Well, growth sometimes can be painful. And sometimes we resist that which we don't want to confront. We avoid it. We suppress it. We we bury it so that we don't have to deal with it and we don't have to hear from God for sure so we minimize our prayer time we speed read the bible so another bit of wise counsel that is found in this scripture is humility prayer and then there's seeking God's face And how do we possibly do that? Well, seeking God's face is in response to his gift to you. What do you mean, Reverend Glover? Well, I mean that he has gifted us with the desire to know him. He has gifted us with a desire to be in right relationship with him. When you feel like you want to know God, it's not because you're such a great person. It is because God gave you that gift inside of you. And it is the gift of God in you that draws you near to him. We're talking about seeking God's face. Now, some of us, I would would say most of us, if not all of us, begin... Our faith journey seeking the hand of God, not his face and by the hand of God I mean what he will give us, what he will do for us. and yes he extends his hand to us in order to rescue us in order for us to grab hold of his hand and we re- we reach for his hand and, and he rescues us but as we grow a little bit in our faith God wants us to seek his face which means to know about the one whose hand you are holding, to know about his the attributes of God, to know about his righteousness, his justice, his compassion, his love, his holiness, And his faithfulness. All of this creates an image of God. And that's why we need to seek God's face. And not just his hand. As we build this image of God. It's going to affect how we see ourselves. It's going to uh, maybe clear up some things. Because if we have a, a poor image of God, we can certainly have a poor image of self. If we have, a, <clears throat> if we have a, an Im- image of God, who, who is God is one, who's just waiting to punish us and send us to hell, and that's what we think of God, then we, we might not think much of ourselves, and we will most likely reject faith God, religion, completely. <clears throat> and it could be harmful to have that image of God. So we need to seek God's face. And how do we do that? We do that through prayer. We do that through our um, living a life that is, is in attempting to be pleasing in, in, in God's sight. Learning about his righteousness, his justice, his compassion, his love, his holiness, and his faithfulness, and then living a life that articulates all of that. Living a life that seeks justice in this world. Living a life that uh, desires to carry the light of God into this world. We want to know about God, so we can then be that in this world. Okay, then we move on to, the Bible tells us to turn from our wicked ways. And I think this is, again, I think this is a wonderful portion of scripture that is like a prescription. It's a prescription written to tell us how to approach this new year. I'll read it one more time. The Bible said, uh, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So have we done all of that? Or not? My proposition today is that we go forward into this new year with humility, prayer, seeking God's face, and certainly turning from our wicked ways. Turning from our wicked ways. What does that mean? Well, it actually speaks to the idea of repentance, which is a grossly misunderstood concept. And I I say that because most often repentance is thought of partially instead of completely. I'm suggesting there are two parts to repentance. One, the one that we most commonly think about is turning from your sin. Stop doing what you're doing that's not pleasing to God or it's causing other people problems and causing yourself a problem. Turn away from that. Stop doing it. But what I'm telling you today is that that is half of the equation. Because as you turn from God, you must turn to something. Someone. So the second half of that equation is turning to God and embracing His forgiveness. You may... Stop sinning and never even forgive yourself. Or stop doing things that are harmful to other people or yourself and never forgive yourself. But if God forgives you, who are you not to forgive yourself? Or is that uh, is, uh, the non-forgiveness of self, is that a form of idolatry? If God says you are forgiven, who are you to say, no, I'm not? So we need to to complete the, the, um, the idea of repentance, we need to turn from our sin and then turn to God, embracing his forgiveness fully, wholeheartedly. And then I think it's important to note that when we hear this phrase, turn from your wicked ways, what is it that comes to mind? Is it just lying and stealing and, and things like that? Um, but whatever comes to your mind, we cannot forget about or leave out the wickedness that, that um, permeates much of the narrative in today's society. The wickedness of racism, the wickedness of supremacist ideologies, the, the wickedness of anti-Semitism, and any other form of hatred Toward specific groups of people. Then, something that I believe we should leave in 2022 is our inattentiveness to the suffering of people around us. In my opinion, for us to close our religious eyes to what's going on around us, and stepping over the suffering is in fact a form of sin that we need to repent from. So we talked about humbling ourselves, being prayerful, seeking the face of God, and turning from our wicked ways. God promises to his people in this story, in this very short passage of scripture, that then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That is a promise from God. Do we trust God to deliver on his promises? I do. Perhaps then, going into the new year, just as in this story, when Solomon dedicated this temple and he prayed and he brought his offering, the Bible says that fire came down and consumed his offering and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So perhaps if we follow this prescription going into the new year, fire will come down from heaven and the glory of the Lord will fill our own temple, you know, God dwelt in the tent. He dwelt in the tabernacle through their desert journey. Now they built this temple. But today we believe that the temple of God is is us. We are the temple of God and that God dwells within us. So, So then perhaps the fire will come down and the glory of the Lord will fill our temple, will be in us. And the image of God that is in us that is sometimes covered up will be made visible for the world to see. And as God fills us, this filling will lead to a spilling as they say, just like, just like you know, you fill up a glass of water and, it, and it, it overruns. Well, hopefully if we do what God says we do and he is he, um, from heaven, forgives our sin, heals our land. Hopefully this filling, this healing will spill over to the people we encounter. The good news will overflow beyond just our mind and heart. The good news will actually be articulated through our mouth with love, through our feet as we walk upright in this world and through our hands as we partner with God to make this world a better place. A place where justice prevails and love conquers hate. Instead of demonizing the differences we have with people who are not like us, love will conquer hate. Now, if you have any thoughts on this scripture, I invite you to come on in. The passage was... Um, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. It is by the grace of God that this world can become a better place. But God doesn't do it by a miraculous wave of his hand. God uses people to bring forth his presence into this world, to bring his love into this world. His justice and compassion and healing happens through people. Mm -hmm. So then, let us try to be more loving of one another, People that are different from yourselves. You know, I, for example, I don't understand. I don't. Um, this idea of of dumping migrant children in the freezing cold, where they could have died, to me is unacceptable. That is not how we overcome the problems in this world. The hatred that is articulated against the Jewish community is unacceptable. The hate language, the actions of hate. This is not how we need to approach this new year. So let us then make our way into 2023 with humility, prayer, seeking the face of God and turning from our wicked ways and that turning involves repentance. Be mindful that we need God's help with our humility, with our prayer, with our repentance and with our seeking his face. So now you have been listening to Faith Talk and I certainly thank you for being a part of our listening community. Please visit the website at www.rev.jstuartglover.com Leave your comments on these episodes which are open for criticism. You can also register as a guest. Contact me directly by email. Even leave a voicemail. Check out some blog articles. I invite you to um, be an active part of our listening community. And I pray that God would bless you in 2023. God bless you and thank you.